Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. And I, we are here for a very important reason. We believe in the Second Amendment. And I would like to just say, imagine to all of our friends in the 2A community, if you woke up on Wednesday morning and Joe Biden was president and Kamala Harris was vice president, but yet today on Halloween, you knew that that was coming next Wednesday, what would you do differently? What would you do differently for the next two and a half days to protect the Second Amendment, to protect your right, and to avoid the oncoming slot of the cancel culture, which we know is coming? Absolutely. And I'm proud to stand here as a Latina, as a single mother, as a woman who embraces and loves the Constitution of the United States and the Second Amendment. And Donald Trump will fight to protect your rights as gun owners in this country. Everything is at stake here. If you believe in your constitutional freedom and in your right to bear arms, and as a single mother, I do indeed, then you will show up and vote resoundingly on November 3rd for Donald Trump for president to protect the America that you know, that you love, that so many have fought and died for. And we humbly ask for your support and for your vote. All right, I'll tell you, this is Michael Cargill. Welcome to Central Texas. Gunworks, come and talk it, radio show. All right, so the breaking news we're going to talk about today is the new ATF uh, 4473. We're going to talk about that um, because guess what? That starts today. Today starts the new 4473. All gun stores in the country, all your federal firearms licensed dealers have to use a new firearms transaction record starting November the 1st. They got to use that, that one as dated May 2020 uh, on that form there. You got to put in the gun information first before you actually have the customer fill out their portion in Section B. So before they fill out their name, their last name, first name, middle initial, all that stuff there, the gun store has got to fill in the gun information first. 
We're going to talk about that. We'll talk about that with Edwin Walker at Texas U.S. Law Shield. Oh, so we're going to talk about what is going on with the ATF and SBRs. We're going to talk about that and and get Edwin Walker with Texas U.S. Law Shield to break that down for us and tell us, you know, what's going on? You know, do I need to be on guard with my SBR? Are they going to come after them? Are they going to ban those? Because you just heard the speech from, you know, people that are supporting the National Rifle Association. They said, hey, if you want to protect your Second Amendment rights, you need to vote for Donald Trump. Well, I call bull <laughs> because I'm telling you, you're losing your Second Amendment rights under this current president. All right. So when I look at all this stuff, I look at the history of gun control. I look at the history of when I've lost gun rights. You know, a lot of those I lost on the Republican president. So you might want to think twice and take a look at that. And you might want to talk to your elected officials. I'm just keeping it real. All right. So we're also going to talk about the Walmart reverses their decision to pull guns and ammo from the display cases. We're also going to talk about the ATF interpretive change restrict handgun imports. That would Edwin Walker. We're also going to talk about the Michigan judge that overturns and ban, overturns a ban on open carry of firearms at polling locations. Here in Texas, Election Day is on Tuesday all around the country. But in Texas, you cannot take a firearm in a polling location. People, that is a felony. I don't know what the confusion is about this. Why are you confused about it? Don't take your class online. You might want to sit in someone's course and ask some questions because this is one thing you don't want to screw around with. All right. Because you'll wind up with a felony. You lose your gun rights forever because you did the cliff notes. Also, we're going to talk about the only fan model defends family from burglars with a gun. We're going to break all this stuff down for you today. But let me bring it to the conversation. You know who we're going to have inside the studio? We have Black ATX Tactical. Man, what's going on, guys? Introduce yourself. Tell everyone who you are. Name your, your organization. You know, tell them a little bit about yourself. Hey, please uh, come back to the show again, Michael. Yeah, I'm Brandon Antone. I'm the founder of Black ATX Tactical. We got Billy Carr and Michelle, uh, Michael, um, Melissa Jenkins. I apologize. Uh, yeah, we're just a group that are pro 2A and just happen to be black, you know, African Americans just like anyone else. We come from all walks of life. We come from banking backgrounds. I'm personally in tech. Some of us are in under other industries, and we're just like any other citizen. And I try to emphasize education and legal gun ownership, and that's what my group does. Well, what do you mean? I don't understand, Brandon, because I was told that black folks didn't like guns. <laughs> oh, I'm from the South, so we love our guns in the South. You know, from from I'm from Georgia, so I have plenty of rural black family that love their shotguns, love their guns. I have family in law enforcement and military. And uh, hey, we're just uh, yeah, we love them. Don't don't let the uh, narratives fool you about who you know what we are just because obviously there's different votings and things like that and whatever you know whatever the media tries to spin you know i'm just keeping it real all right and so tell us who you are billy carr um happen to be uh an administrator of um black atx tactical as well um along with mr brandon and my lovely sister here melissa jenkins and yeah i'm a texas boy and we like them we like them guns here too we mm -hmm. all about that pew pew life yeah. Um, Come on, Billy. I was told that black folks didn't like guns. They told you they wrong, were, Mike. They were wrong in the black community. They told you wrong. Now, now, I, now to to be like you like to say, keep it real. Uh, a lot of people have um, they've drank the Kool Aid over the the last few decades, and in some neighborhoods and communities where there's high crime and violence, you know, people have been steered away from gun ownership, um, made to think that it's a bad thing, um, and um, it's part of our mission to 
uh, dispel that myth. All right. And so tell me who you are. Get real close to the mic there. You got your face shield on going there. <laughs> I'm Melissa Jenkins, and I am a mod. I'm new to the two A's. I was very enthusiastic about it. I want to learn, train, and do as, as much as I can. And they even brought me along, and I've been just coming in and trying to, uh, uh, from a woman's per, uh, perspective, and uh, uh, learn as much as I can. I, if I'm going to get a gun, I want to do it right and go to the right classes and not the online. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I tell you, I, I, I get a lot of media outlets that reach out to me. And they say, you know, uh, we're hearing, we're looking at the reports, we're looking at the, the next reports that a lot of people in the, uh, a lot of people of color are actually buying guns now. They're getting into the uh, the gun business. They're buying a gun. They're taking a class, you know. So I'm going to ask you some questions a little later on after the break there. What made you decide to get a gun and get interested in, in you know, in being a firearms owner? So I want to talk about that. I want to talk about um, some other things that are going on around the country. And like I said, we're going to talk about, man, <laughs> we're going to talk about the uh, – this uh, Americans bought a record-breaking 17 million guns in 2020 so far. That is 17 million guns. More guns have been purchased this year than any other year in the history of this country. We're going to talk about why Walmart reversed their decision to pull guns and ammo from their displays cases. You know why? Because money matters. <laughs> they don't care about you. They care about their, their, their lining their pockets because they know, whoa, we didn't make those that many profits this year. We need to sell some guns. We need to make up the difference. They're, ta they're talking about their pocketbook. We're going to talk about that, the new ATF 4473, also the ballot or the bullet. Which one are you going to pull? Which, what is important to you? There are three boxes out there. One is called the ballot box. One is called the jury box. Other one's called the ammo box. Do you have all three? This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Peace. This is Mark Toure. You're listening to Come and Talk It Radio with Michael Cargill. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Talk 13-7, the right choice. 
Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back, and we're talking about the new ATF 4473, which starts today. That's right, Federal Firearms Licensed Dealers. If you're selling a firearm, you're doing that transaction today, you need to start using that new form that is dated for May 2020. On the firearm transaction record, you got to fill in the top portion first. You can't let the customer fill it in. You have to do your part first, fill in the gun information, the manufacturer, the model, the serial number, the type, and the caliber before the buyer, the transferee, fills in their name and information. So you got to do your part first. So unfortunately, we had to run out the Kinkos today, and we had to print those forms out because guess what? We didn't have any, you know, enough inside the store. We only had a little packet that he gave us initially, and we're still waiting on our, our other stuff. So we had to actually run the FedEx Kinkos and actually go print out 100 packets. Isn't that sad? That's sad. That's your federal government, though. But we have to do this because if we don't, then we get in trouble. All right, so you got to fill in that information first in Section A, which actually is the manufacturer's information, the model, the serial number, the type, the caliber, uh, and then you have to put in the number of firearms. You have to write that in. You can't put a number. You have to spell everything out. And then you have to go to Section B, give that, inf give that form to the customer. The customer fill in their last name, their first name, their middle initial, date of birth, their height, and their weight. Um, and I think we do have a copy of this form. Um, yeah, we do have a copy of this form. Um, the, yeah, Okay. All right, and then uh, so the last name, first name, middle initial, uh, your address, you know, make sure that your address that you're putting on the form actually matches the address on your driver's license because we're going to deny you if it does not match. So make sure your, your driver's license is up to date. You know, we're not dealing with the state. We're not dealing with the city. We're not dealing with your landlord. We're dealing with the federal government. So your information has got to be correct. Don't get mad at me. Don't get upset with me because I don't care. Because the federal government says this is what has to happen. So you have to make sure that stuff matches or you're not getting your gun. I don't make the rules. I just have to follow them. All right, so you're going to get all that information, your weight, your sex, your date of birth. You're going to put in your ethnicity. And guess what? They've added some stuff. You're going to put in your race as well. When it comes to the sex, they added the non-binary. That's right. You got to do either male, female, or you get to pick non-binary. All right, so you do that. Birth date. Answer those standard questions that you always have to answer. Got to make sure you're a U.S. citizen. Check that. Or if you're not, go ahead and check that box. That says you're born, you're a citizen of another country. Then we're going to have you fill out that, the rest of those questions there. You answer some alien information, non-immigrant visa, and all that stuff. And then you're going to sign and date the form. And then the gun store, the FFL dealer is going to do their part and do the background check and all that stuff. The best thing to do, folks, is to get your license to carry handgun. You get your license this bypasses the having us, the FFL dealer, to contact the Knicks and do the background check. You know, if you're worried about getting delayed, if you're born out of the country, you're going to get delayed. If you, um, if you have any charges pending, you're going to, you know, anything's going on, you have any criminal history at all. Let me correct that. You have any criminal history at all, you're probably going to get delayed because they're trying to verify that information with the agency where those records are held that they're looking at. So if they can't get that information, it's a Sunday, it's late in the day, maybe that police department's not responding or that court's not responding, you're going to be delayed. To eliminate that, get your license, your handgun license, and that eliminates that, that problem altogether. But you know what? Let me welcome to the conversation Edwin Walker with Texas and U.S. Law Shield because I want to change 
Uh, I want to change direction here a little bit. I want to talk about the ATF and SBRs. Edwin, welcome to come and talk, sir. Well, thank you for having me, Mike. All right. And so, you know, Edwin, I want to change gears a little bit. I want to talk about SBRs. I want to get into that. I want to talk about this, you know, the this Wiley law firm that actually released a uh, an email and a, a statement about, you know, some changes, some things that the ATF is doing. And everyone's totally confused. I'm totally confused by this, Edwin. So I, I don't understand this letter. I don't understand what they're saying. So I need you to break this down like I'm a, a two-year-old. Sure. And and it is very confusing. And, and keep in mind, this all goes back to the fact that uh, uh, the ATF is continuously interpreting and reinterpreting a law that was written way back in 1934. And so, uh, you know, of course, we're talking about the NFA. Now, the ATF, as part of their technology division, they are given the responsibility of determining what category a firearm will fall into. Uh, it's either got to be a rifle, or it has to be a shotgun, or it has to be a pistol, or it has to be an AOW, or it has to be just a plain old regular firearm. And so uh, using some examples, you know, a couple of years ago, we had the big controversy with the Mossberg shockwave. I know we bring it up a lot, but a lot of that, that obviously confused a lot of people <clears throat> because it, it clearly shoots shotgun shells. So why wouldn't it be a shotgun? Well, it's not a shotgun because the definition says it has to be designed to be fired from the shoulder. Okay, well, clearly a Mossberg shockwave cannot be fired from the shoulder. So why isn't it then an AOW? If it's not a if it's not a shotgun and it looks to be real little, but why is it not an AOW? Well, it's not an AOW because it is point, it's what, uh, uh, a third longer uh, than the 26 inches. It's uh, what, 26 point? four inches, 26.36, something like that. Correct. And so it's not short enough to be an AOW. And so they had to say, well, you got us. It has to be a firearm. So therefore everybody can go ahead and possess it. And I think that that really kind of triggered, uh, you know, and this is completely speculative on my part, uh, but I think that kind of triggered the ATF about, wow, technology has reached a point where, their definitions just simply don't hold up, and I think it gave them the the willies a little bit <laughs> to be uh, to to be basically blessing, if you can, uh, all of these uh, these these things that look like rifles and they shoot rifle rounds, but they are technically pistols because they are designed to be fired with one hand, and that's what I think that they have reexamined: is what does it mean to be designed to be fired with one hand? And uh, and of course, just let me let me preface this by saying that uh, not you know to make everybody sure where my position is, uh, the fact that the uh, that the NFA regulates short barrel shotguns, short barrel rifles to me is utterly ridiculous. Um, you know, I mean, I guess a, a legitimate argument can be made about regulating machine guns, uh, but simply to to r require. Uh, registration and attack stamp based upon the length of a rifle or shotgun whenever of course handguns now keep in mind in 1939 most of your handguns were revolvers uh you know really you know there were there were a couple of uh europeans that shot nine millimeter parabellums and of course there's the old trusty 1911 but the vast majority of handguns were revolvers and so uh, obviously technology has not really kept up with that and and your handguns now, uh, you know, equal or sometimes may exceed the firepower 
of a of a of a short barrel rifle or shotgun, and um, and so I think that that's where obviously Congress was making the distinction. But in today's day and time, the the regulation of a short barrel rifle or shotgun is just, in my opinion, ridiculous. So that's my position. If we get that out of the way, so nobody nobody come at me and claim that I'm you know would be anti anti uh, short barrel. Uh, but I think that what has happened is is that with the proliferation of uh, pistols, handguns that are based upon uh, rifle designs, uh, like the uh, obviously like the AK, like the AR, and uh, the one that the Wiley the Wiley letter mentions in particular is a pistol designed on the HK ninety one, um, which is a really cool rifle um, and would be a really cool. Uh, handgun if you could get your hands on one, but that's what it's talking about. It's talk this particular letter is dealing with the importation because the ATF does have more power in limiting the importation of guns that it doesn't like rather than regulating the ones that are produced here domestically. Mm. And so uh, that's what they that that's where this confusion has come because there has been a recent you know, been recent letters uh, by the ATF saying, look, we are going to uh, provide greater scrutiny to these things that are handguns based upon rifle designs. Uh, we've previously been letting them go. I know that I, I kind of figured that they haven't really liked that because, of course, a lot of people like them. And a lot of people are like, this is really cool. And clearly, as a practical matter, um, you know, whenever you this, this fired with one hand thing, uh, most people obviously fire, you know, can fire a pistol with one hand. If they use two hands, they still have to wrap it around the pistol grip of the pistol. Obviously, if you fire a uh, one of these rifle designs, uh, design pistols with two hands, uh, you're either holding it around the barrel shroud or you're holding it around the magazine well. Um, and so you get greater accuracy, greater stabilization. And I, like I said, I believe this has always made the ATF a little bit nervous. And now they're kind of exploring ways where they can go back and revisit and maybe reclassify uh, some of these. We hope they don't. So I just want to put that out there. This is pure speculation at this point, And we hope that they will not go this way. Uh, but I think this is laying the groundwork for the ATF to kind of move towards that direction. All right, so we're talking with Edwin Walker. He's the principal attorney with Texas and U.S. Law Shield. We're talking about the new 4473. We're also talking about the the rules or some things that are coming out, the rumblings we're hearing coming out of the ATF with the SBRs. We're talking about that. We're talking about ballot in the bullet. We're talking about election day. You cannot carry a gun in the polling place. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. This is Brittany Glaze, and I get my global gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back. We're talking with Edwin Walker. We're talking about the ATF. Now, according to this letter that was released at Edwin from Wiley Law Firm, the ATF interpretive change restricts handgun imports and may require NFA registration. Uh, it says that in some of the new letters, ATF has begun listing the following objective design features when making its evaluations. Uh, it says incorporation of rifle sights, utilization of rifle caliber ammunition, both 5.56 and 7.62. It says incorporation of rifle length barrel. It says the weapon's heavy weight and also ability to accept magazines that range in capacity from 20 rounds to 100 rounds, which will contribute to the overall weight of the firearm and overall length of the weapon, which creates a front heavy imbalance when held in one hand. Edwin, what does this mean? Yeah, you read my mind, Mike. That was the next thing that I was going into, um, you know, before the before the break, is that I think this is where the ATF has tipped their hand. I think that this is where, um, you know, like I mentioned in the in the earlier segment, I think that they've always been uncomfortable with AR platform, AK platform rifles. Basically, any handgun that's based upon a rifle design. Uh, like I said, I, I think they've always been uncomfortable with that, and now they're they're kind of weaseling their way around to to find a way to regulate these and and because if you look at these uh, these these objective criteria they're all based upon rifle specs you know the incorporation of rifle sights i mean that couldn't be any more blatant the use of rifle ammunition 556 and 762 uh in particular <clears throat> so what they're saying so what they're saying there is if i have an sbr and or if i have a not, not, not an sbr let's let's say i have an ar pistol and I put yes, rifle sights on it, then that really should be an SBR. No, no. What they're saying is that's one of the criteria they will use. Uh, as the ATF often does, they say that this list is neither exclusive or exhaustive. And so uh, they're just saying that using the, and I believe they actually use this term uh, whenever we look, you know, if you recall, whenever we talked about the honey badger a few weeks ago, uh, that they are looking at the weapon holistically. Okay, so let me ask you this then. So if I have a AR pistol, which I do right here, and I have my rifle sights, it, it shoots a five five six a two two three. Um, it 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 has um, it also has a thirty round magazine. So that means they're considering that an SBR. Well, no, like I said, they that none of those are determinative. Okay. What they're going to do is they're going to take a look at the entire weapon. And like I said, I think that they are, this is, 
this is along the same lines of what they did to the honey badger. Uh, whenever people were outraged or whenever they're talking about it uh, and said, why the honey badger? Why did you go after the honey badger with all these? Uh, they, they didn't have an answer. They go, well, we just looked at the whole thing and we were really uncomfortable with it. And I think this is sort of an attempt to explain why they were uncomfortable with it or to preemptively lay out some uh, objective, and again, I, I would like to use my air quotes, objective criteria, uh, where they're going to say, this really looks more like a rifle than it does a handgun. And so unless it's over 26 inches, um, we're going to classify it as, a, um, as an AOW, which would mean that you would have to, you know, that you would have to get a tax stamp for it. And so that's the, that's what they're, I think that's what they're going to be looking at. And like I said, these are all rifle characteristics. Uh, so, um, you know, it is, it is kind of, it does set a dangerous precedent. And I want people to know that, uh, of course, Congress has the power to clear this up. Unfortunately, uh, the bills that have been, that are currently pending in Congress, uh, the bills that are proposed by a certain, you know, that would be supporting a, you know, supported by a certain presidential candidate. Uh, all you got to do is go to his website, JoeBiden.com, and look to see that these issues may become moot in the future anyway, because uh, the proposed firearms restrictions would be so uh, excessive uh, that. Uh, uh, AK pistols, AR pistols, uh, any pistol based upon a rifle is going to be prohibited anyway. Okay. They would be made illegal. And that's why I want to tell your listeners that, uh, uh, you know, if you are, if you have, if you consider yourself to be a well-rounded voter, which means you consider people's positions on different things, uh, if you like guns, if you like the Second Amendment, this is the election to throw that all away and become a single issue voter. And if you support the Second Amendment, there is literally only one candidate you could vote for for president. Uh, and you can verify that on the pres on the uh, candidates' websites. Uh, in particular, I think it's kind of interesting that you brought up the um, that you brought up the eight, the uh, forty four seventy three, and that uh, gun dealers now have to have to list the guns on the front. Uh, well. If one of the proposed legislative changes is made that Joe Biden supports, which is that you can buy one firearm a month, okay, one a month, all right, not one at a time, not one every couple of days, one gun a month, uh, then you won't even need that, Mike. You'll just have to have the one slot there on the front. Oh, so we won't have to worry about multiple sales or anything, huh? No, you won't have to worry about that at all. So, uh, yes, it's designed to prevent gun stockpiling. And as someone who may or may not be a gun stockpiler, mm -hmm. uh, I find this to be particularly offensive to yeah. me. Oh, absolutely. All right. I got someone who's got a question for you here inside the studio, Edwin. Okay. Sure. This is Melissa Jenkins. And you may have already uh, answered this question, but I need you to break it down for me. I have right. recently purchased a Shockwave 590, mm -hmm. and I want to change the stock. Will that be legal? Well, that the the part is is that the reason that a shockwave is considered to be just a what we call a GCA or gun control uh, firearm, which means that it's just like you know it's not subject to any kind of NFA regulation, is because of its length. 
And so if you do take that bird head stock off of there, you have got to make sure that you maintain its length larger than 26 inches. So if you were to put just a straight, you know, drop down pistol grip on there, I think you've converted it to an AOW. So if you're you... calling me for my legal advice, that's what I would say is you, you want to make sure that you absolutely keep the length over 26 inches. So, man, what he's saying is it's always going to be about size. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> si si size. <laughs> it does matter. Okay. <laughs> that's okay. what he's saying. So, <laughs> so yeah, you, you can put a, you can put a, you can put a, uh, 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 I would say that you couldn't put a shoulder uh, brace on it because it does still have a barrel length of what, what is the shockwave barrel length? 14 inches. If I'm correct. Um, so you, you have to, you have to, yeah, there, there's really kind of a narrow course where you can go. If you want to shave, uh, if you want to change out the, the, the pistol grip, the, the grip, if you want, if you don't like that bird head grip, um, can't make it too short, but then you also can't put anything on there, which would redesign it to be fired from the shoulder. Cause at that point you've, you've, you redesigned it into an, into a, uh, into either an AOW, maybe a short-barreled shotgun, um, but that's why you know, Mossberg spent a lot of R&D money making sure that they could navigate that very narrow course where they could have a short barrel, but yet have it be over 26 inches long so that it wouldn't be subject to the NFA. All right. So adding a SB Tactical, S, um, the shockwave brace, it's actually a shockwave brace that's going to make it illegal. I don't know the length of it. I'm not sure. But when I purchased the firearm, mm -hmm. um, I was told to get the SB Tactical uh, SBM4 Mossberg 590 Shockwave Brace Kit. Yeah, you can get the brace. The brace is fine. Just don't do anything to the brace, which would make it appear that it can be fired from the shoulder. And so and don't uh, add, so don't don't add like a foregrip to it. Right. Or don't add um, padding or uh, what, what some people were doing is they were just duct taping the, uh, the, the brace part together. So, and this goes back to the ATF, um, a long line of confusion with the ATF whenever these, uh, whenever the braces initially came out is they, because if you look at a brace to the uneducated, uh, the brace looks like a stock. You know, it's got the same kind of overall shape and people would say that's a stock, which clearly it's not. It's, it's specifically designed to wrap around the forearm. Uh, it doesn't make it easy to be shouldered. And so the ATF came out and, and again, this kind of this shows their wishy washness about uh, about applying these definitions. And so they first came out and they said, oh, this looks like a shoulder stock. Oh, well, wait, it's a brace. Oh, wait, well, don't design it. Oh, wait, don't use it as a shoulder stock. And what they finally have come down to is that if you, if you both redesign the brace and use it as a shoulder stock, then you violated the law. And so those, I would say, you know, you are fully that, that shoulder, I mean, that, uh, that stabilizing brace completely legal you are okay to put it on you're okay to use it as intended but don't make any modifications to it and then don't get caught actually using it as a stock all right edwin our resident pastor has a question for you Reverend, hey, Reverend zach hey edwin is zach how you doing 
Hey, doing all right. Uh, I am not doing quite as well because I'm on JoeBiden.com and I'm reading about his uh, proposed gun legislation if he is elected. And we basically, truth over facts. From what I'm reading here, um, the way I am understanding what I see, he wants to basically regulate ARs and other guns like that under the NFA. Correct. Ooh. Which is. Yes, which is not just, okay, keep in mind, these won't just, so there's basically, there's basically three paths. Um, if you were to, if you look at all the Democrat proposed legislation in Congress, and if you look at Joe Biden's website, there's three things they could do. They could either outlaw uh, assault rifles, in which keep in mind, uh, just to throw it out there, an assault rifle is any semi-automatic rifle that is magazine that is fed by a magazine that has one, only one. It used to be two under the 1994 solos, but it's just one. So if it has a pistol grip, which almost every one of them do, if it has a barrel shroud, if it has a foregrip, if it has a threaded barrel, that's a biggie because that includes uh, the threaded barrel um, characteristic applies to both handguns and shotguns. Just imagine all of you silencer enthusiasts. Uh, guess what? No more barrels with threads. How are you going to get your silencer on there? Uh, so if it if it's any rifle, so it's not just ARs, it's not just AKs, it's any semi-automatic rifle fed by a magazine that has one of these characteristics. So the three different paths that could be taken is that they could make them illegal, but yet grandfather all of the others uh, all the ones that are currently owned in existence uh, and make it very, very difficult to then transfer those. So basically, if you have them, you got them, you're stuck with them. Um, you know, you could sell them, but you got to jump through a lot of hoops. Number two, do what Eric Solwell wants to do. He is the congressman from uh, California, and it terrifies me that he would ever be in a position to impose his will on any kind of gun regulations. He wants to ban all assault weapons. He wants uh, to without- nuke us, too. <laughs> Correct. Uh, he wants to ban all the assault weapons with no grandfathering, which means that is an absolute 100% confiscation, which means you will be given a period of time to turn them in. And if you do not turn them in or engage in a mandatory buyback, uh, then you will be a felon and they will come knock down your door and search your house looking for your assault weapons. So, and the third course is what Joe Biden proposes is that uh, assault weapons would be banned and any assault weapons or, and this is a biggie, high-capacity magazines that people are currently in possession of would then be required to register them and pay the tax on all of these. And so you can imagine if you're, if you're a, a person who is maybe stockpiled magazines or collected magazines and you got a box full of, you know, full of 20 magazines of various calibers, all of them which hold more than 10 rounds. Uh, just imagine that that box- $4,000 tax. Yes, you have to pay a $200 tax on every single one of those. Woo, hold on there, Edwin. Wow. I'm t- hold on there. All right, we come back from the break. We'll come back. We're still got to talk about Walmart reversing their decision to pull guns and ammo from the display cases. We're talking about the Michigan, Michigan judge overturns a ban on open carry firearms at polling plug. Uh, locations also only fans model defense family fun family from burglars with a gun but keep in mind that in texas you cannot carry a gun in a polling place it is a felony to carry a firearm in a polling place this is michael cargill and you are listening to come and talk 
Hey, this is AWR Hawkins of Bright Park News, and you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Talk 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back, and we're talking with Edwin Walker at Texas U.S. Law Show. Also, we have inside the studio Black ATX Tactical. And, and boy, I tell you, we almost came off of our, out of our chairs there, that last little statement you made there, Edwin. You kind of scared me a little bit, you know, and, and I'm concerned, you know, because this You is, should be scared. I'm terrified. Crazy. Yeah, this is crazy because uh, there's no end to it. No, and see that's the thing about it is is that I don't know if ATF is 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 uh, signaling about how they're going to change things or if they're in preparation to change things. But uh, the thing about it is is that you know depending upon how the election goes, uh, the, the ATF may be emboldened to just go off the rails and make all kinds of crazy interpretations they want without even waiting for legislative action. Okay. Uh, any any questions for Edwin here inside the studio? Not yeah, that uh, that does look pretty scary. The plan he's outlining. Does he have the uh, executive power to to actually implement this on his own, or does he need majorities? Well, that's a great question because as we've seen, um, you know, the executive does have uh, the power to direct the ATF to do things. And so, yeah, there, there are certain things like like the definition, like the straightforward definition of rifle and shotgun and uh, pistol. Uh, those you know, they can't mess with. And, and they couldn't come out and say, you know, we are prohibiting or we are regulating uh, rifles that have previously been unregulated for you know, 50 years, that being the AR. And so that's what they that's what they want to do. I don't think they can do that through executive action. But this kind of nibbling around the edges, this kind of looking at definitions or morphous definitions, which is, you know, the, the bump stock ban is a prime example of that. Um, legislatively, they wanted to do it. They couldn't succeed. And so they said, huh, we'll just have the ATF reexamine their examination of what a bump stock does. And so they used an existing definition to try to ban this as an accessory. And so. And so I think that is what that that's what can be done with executive action. Uh, but these the big scary things like uh, limiting gun sales, you know, consumers to purchasing one gun a month, uh, reclassify, you know, classifying magazines as as large capacity ammunition feeding devices, uh, requiring them to be registered by the ATF. Uh, just coming out and banning semi-automatic rifles that have pistol grips, uh, that would have to be done by legislative action. Right. 
Yes, sir. Billy Carr, um, Black ATX Tactical here with a question. I, I, I sure. get that. Uh, I get that. You know, guns are scary to some people. Um, but you know, given that we've had uh, seventeen plus million guns sold this year alone, um, and a large percentage of that um, is going to individuals who you know previously were not into guns or didn't believe in them. Um, I guess more of the liberal bent. Um, and also given that so many more African-Americans are um, uh, getting into gun ownership and training, et cetera, uh, I'm, I'm kind of curious as to why you uh, – maybe get your opinion on why you think uh, the Democratic Party uh, isn't um, adjusting their platform as it relates to gun ownership. Mm. Well, I think because uh, the anti-gun folks are one of the engines that drive the, uh, that drive the Democratic Party. I mean, the whole – uh, if you look at the the all of the the students from the Parkland shooting and you know David Hogg in particular, I mean these are this is supposed to be the new voice of the Democratic Party, and you're exactly correct. You would be a hundred percent right if we were talking about Texas in the 1980s and the 1990s. Uh, there were there were many 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 Democrats who were Democratic, you know, who were socially liberal. Uh, economically liberal, but yet they still supported gun rights, and that's how uh, you know that's how we got our our initial CHL law way back in 1995. Uh, and so there used to be that was one of the things that was that you did find in Democrats is that there was uh, you know there were there was a variety of voices, uh, but yet if you look at the last. 10 years or so, uh, the Democrats are playing to that group that, uh, you know, that, that, that gun safety, and I'm going to use my air quotes, uh, gun safety is very important to. Uh, and, and I think that a lot of it is because of the, that people are just simply are not educated. Um, you're right that they think that, you know, they see, they see these guns and they're scary and, oh, nobody should have these type of guns. But they don't realize that that's not that's sort of the poster child. That's the that's the the, the glamorous or the the scary type of gun. But yet the legislation crosses all boundaries. For example, let's say you did have a first time gun buyer, and they went uh, to the gun store and they bought themselves a Glock Model 17, or they went and got themselves a Beretta Model 92, uh, both of which. Uh, have standard high capacity magazines in them. And so if you went to the, one of these liberal gun buyers and said, guess what? You know, you bought your, you know, you bought your Glock 17. It came with three magazines. Uh, Joe Biden has said any magazine larger than 10 rounds, you're going to have to pay a $200 tax on. And so guess what? Now you have to register your gun, your magazines, and pay $600 tax on top of it for a gun that you went to the gun show and bought as your first gun to protect yourself and your family. Um, people, people need to realize that this is the extent, these are the ramifications that is not just about banning scary guns because, you know, and a lot of people think that an AR automatically shoots you know, is, is automatically an automatic rifle that shoots multiple rounds. They just simply don't know any better. And I think that maybe if there was a little more education out there, 
that we would kind of see that uh, Second Amendment rights and gun rights can be an area where uh, Republicans and Democrats could agree on. And there would be, you could find pro-gun Democrats. But right. just go, just go look at, just go look at any of the bills pending in Congress, especially um, what was fifty nine fifteen, which is the sort of the biggest, the omnibus uh, gun bill that's currently pending. It has a hundred and thirty two co sponsors, none of which are Republicans. They are all Democrats, and so I think that that reflects the majority belief of the Democratic Party. All right, another quick question for you, Evan. There. Oh, I didn't really have a question, but I was just going to say it's kind of funny in the 50s and 60s that firearm safety and education was something caught in, in schools, in public education. And now we kind of, we're kind of at a point where guns are scary, guns are bad. And to be honest, what you're saying is I don't really – I think that um, for someone like a Biden or something like that, it, uh, any Democrat is going to run on a typically anti-platform – anti-gun platform is, is to satiate the – more of like the white liberal – Ace because they're the majority and they tend to, to sway a lot of uh, of the votes, and you know they're the majority in, in terms of the Democratic. Even though like blacks vote ninety percent um, Democrat, it's not enough to sway them to go to other parties as well. You know, so I definitely do agree um, with many of your of your points, and also the miseducation, uh, especially dating back. You know, I was born in eighty three, but even dating back to the nineties, Democrats and Republicans were not so divided on gun ownership and gun safety and here we are you know like you said 2020 and totally different voice all right so man i want to thank edwin walker texas u.s law show for coming on thank you edwin this is michael cargill and you are listening to come and talking yo what's going on guys it's chat jones here and i get my gun news from michael cargill on come and talk it Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Can you tell us about your dad? Okay, so we need to always hang out. We need to always go places. And we need to always play around. That's all right, son. Keep it going. Keep going. And Be we strong. Hey, baby. Be strong. You can do it. And he looks to always tell me how to be a man. I'm doing that. Praise God. Praise God. That's right. That's right. And these white racist cops got my own dad. I'm sorry. Because. He's a man's man. And black life still matters. Oh, These are things, the things that you hear from kids, you know, who are growing up, you know, watching their, you know, their their family members, you know, shot and killed by police. And here we are, you know, it's election time, and people looking to the Democrat Party, they're looking for the Republican Party, uh, but we go back and forth between these two parties. It's almost like you're, you're, you know, we're trying to figure out who has the best master. You know, where, you know, which way should you give your vote? And I'm just curious, you know, especially from the black community, you know, you're looking at I, I look at how gun control came, you know, where it came from initially. You know, we go back to the 1600s where the first gun control law in this country was uh, you could not sell any firearms to indigenous people. Your second gun control law in this country was you could not repair any firearms from indigenous people. 
the first gun control law in Texas was, you know, free slaves could not have access to guns. And then they started regulating uh, handguns, didn't regulate long guns, they regulated handguns, said, okay, well, we're going to take handguns from everyone, uh, but you can keep your long guns. And that was like 1870. And that's kind of where they started regulating firearms. You know, it's called the Jim Crow laws, you know, the... You know, Indians couldn't have access to firearms, couldn't, you know, couldn't sell them and things of that nature. So when you look at gun control, you look at gun control laws, every step of the way, all the way back to the 1600s, it's always about race. It's always about race. It's always about race and control, no matter how you want to spin it. All right. So, you know, you got to think of, you know, you know, how do you, you who's going to keep you safe? You know, who's you know, who are you going to vote for that's going to keep you safe uh, in this troubled times, you know, where we are today? You know, who's going to walk into your house and take your guns? Um, and that's what I have to decide. You know, you know, that's who I'm going to get my vote. And I want to ask you guys here, you know, what do you think about this current election? You know, what's you know, election day is on Tuesday. Uh, so I don't know if you've already voted. I know I already have. I voted already. I make sure I got my vote in there. So, you know, just tell me what your thoughts are, Brandon. Yeah, um, I already voted, but I, I agree with you. We, we always argue who has the best master and things like that. And on the issue, if you're, you're talking solely single, um, you know, a single issue in terms of gun rights or gun control, uh, wherever it may be, it's just very interesting with our group. We tend to, I, I personally get a lot of resistance from, I mean, you know, both sides. I get it from other black people that are very liberal. I get it from white people that are very liberal. Interesting enough, the people that came out, you know, people or the conservatives that historically think that say that we're enemies and things like that. It's really interesting to see. And I'm just saying for me, it's just I just want to protect myself. I want to protect my loved ones. I want to protect the women in my life, my, my you know, family, everything like that. I'm just doing what's right for me. But obviously, I mean, like you said, Republicans have done gun control as well. And right. obviously, Biden is going to staunchly be pro gun control and obviously it's to help their you know his, him win the election so i mean i can't be complicit to either of them i mean i vote it but that's how i'm going to frame it so all right i, I would agree and i i think uh what you know brandon said that is most paramount is um you know the single issue uh concern um i think that if if it were just that issue alone i i could probably uh advocate one way or the other um, I think everybody has to to vote their conscience, um, but I will say as as it relates to to gun control, um, if that is something that is your deal, regardless of who, uh, what party you 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 subscribe to or which candidate you uh, vote for, you know I think it's upon us, it's incumbent upon us to join a two way community uh, and and fight for our rights, regardless of who who's in the the White House, who takes the Senate or, or the House, um, there are more and more gun owners now than ever before. There's a reason for that. Uh, I think that, that people in general feel that uh, we have to, on some level, be our own first responders. Um, and if we subscribe to that ideology, then we're going to have to put in the work and make sure that we protect those rights. Let me ask you this, you know, because here's a question I get in class, you know, and, and I get 120 students a week. And I'm looking at, you know, 
you know, 20 students, 15 students, whatever it is, you know, sitting in the class, their faces are looking at me. I don't see any mouths. I see just their eyes because we have face masks on. Mm-hmm. So it's a di- totally different look in 2020. And so when people are looking at me, this is a question I'll get. I'll get a young lady that will tell me, she said, she is deathly afraid as a black female. She's deathly afraid of being pulled over by police. What, what does she do? You know, and 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 I'm going to ask you guys. You know, what would you tell a person that that asks you that question? Said, look, when I get I get I see those blue lights behind me, I'm deathly afraid because of everything that's going on. Because of what I see in the news, they're deathly afraid of those blue lights. You know, as a black female. So, what do I say to the person like that? Yeah, Melissa will chime in on that. But I was going to say, Texas is one of those states that you have to, you know, tell the officer that you do have a firearm. You know, my. I have family in Georgia. You don't have to. Certain states, you have to. Some, you don't. But uh, what do you think, Melissa? Here in Texas, you have to if you have a license. Correct. Right. So uh, if you don't have a license and you just have it in your glove box, then mm-hmm. you're not required to. Right. So but as lean into the mic there. So as a black female with a license, I um, make sure I'm up on all the rules, the states, the laws, as much as I can be, and I try to follow those. So if I get pulled over, I'm going to get, hand them my license. I'm going to hand them my carry, uh, um, both of them, and just go from there. The ideal is not to get pulled over. Uh, but if I do, I should. this shouldn't have to be an issue. It should be the same standards, black, female, white, female. All those rules should be the same. So if I'm getting pulled over, I should be treated just as any other person pulled over. I know it's not the same, but the way it should be. So I would hand them my thing, let them know if I'm caring or not. Practically, don't get smart, don't get uh, uh, lippy, I guess, um, and just do the normal things. Me myself, I feel like uh, I have the right to carry. I mean, it's my right to carry. I'm not uh, breaking any laws. I'm not doing anything illegal. So it is what it is. All right, and then and then another popular question that I'll get is. Um, and I had this question asked, you know, put forth to me this past Saturday. Young man looked at me, young black male, you know, looked at me and he said, you know, um, you know, we're, you know, as a black male, you know, he felt like, you know, hey, he's, we're being shot, we're being killed, you know, by law enforcement, um, and there's no, there's not, there's no recourse. Uh, he sees when an officer clearly does something wrong. There are cases, and he he told me that there are cases when when the person that's being pulled over is in the wrong, but he said that. In the case where the police officer is wrong, why is that police officer not prosecuted? What do we do? Why do we have a system set up so that police officers investigate themselves and clear themselves of any wrongdoing, but, you know, there's no prosecution, you know, the officer's not prosecuted. The only thing you can really do is get an attorney and file a civil suit and sue that police department and really – you're really suing the city because it's not the police department that pays. It's the city that pays, which are your tax dollars when that police officer does something wrong. But there's no criminal penalty to it when they're clearly in the wrong. What do you say to something like that? That's a that's very I mean, it's a tangled web. It's hard to say. What are we going to I mean, this is why people are marching. This is why we're pushing for reform, everything like that, trying to change change the face of uh, black America for everyone. I think that we're all symbols of that in our all walks of life. It's a very, it's a very tough answer. Like for me personally, I try to, you know, get my tag, you know, I have a family tell me, get my license and registration, my tags, everything I have that up to date. So law enforcement doesn't have a reason to pull me over. 
and obviously no like i said i have family that's former law enforcement i kind of know how to uh i know the standard operating procedure for me personally i've not had a bad experience with law enforcement in 20 plus years i've been driving but i know that occurs um i also have a dash cam in my car so i mean to record everything in and out i mean that's just my way to hedge my bets i guess um it's my contingency plan i mean it's it's the world we live in i mean I don't, I don't, I don't know what to say to that. I mean, I cannot live in fear. I have to live my life just like anyone else, just like you. And that's all we have to do. And you know, pray that we are doing the best we can. And what do you, what do you say? Yeah, I, I agree. That is a tough one to to handle. Um, you know, as it relates to you know how police officers who uh, engage in misconduct are are, are treated. I mean, that's just something that we have to engage in on a social political level, um, um, you know, and, and deal with accordingly. Um, as it relates to gun ownership, you know, it's, I, I agree with, uh, you know, both of my compadres here. Um, you know, we have to venture out and we have to to do the things that we have the right to do. And perhaps, you know, those good engagements that we have with law enforcement, um, hopefully will um, – encourage them to to approach all motorists african americans uh, especially um with the same kindness and the same professionalism um and and not fear us or fear what's what would happen um when they encounter us i'll yeah. tell you what this week is election day on tuesday is election day and this weekend I had more people walk into the gun store to buy guns, buy ammunition, because they're getting ready for the election. And that's that's sad. You know, that's really sad on where we are today. Is this Jamaica? I know. Yeah. And and they're getting they're you know, they say, hey, let's we gotta get ready for the election. So we're buying guns, we're buying ammunition, wherever they can get ammunition from. I tell you, it's not, you know, it's not gold, it's not silver, it's not Bitcoin. It's like, do you have any bullets? Uh, <laughs> this is Michael Cargill and you. Are listening to Come and Talking. Folks, this is Doug Man Jones. <laughs> and I get my gun news from Michael Cargill at Come and Talking. Talk 13.7, the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, so Americans have bought a record number of guns so far this year. That's 17 million guns so far this year by the end of September. That means sales have surged uh, during spring because of coronavirus fears, and then they surged again because of racial injustice, uh, uh, because of protests and things of that nature. Uh, now, man, you know, here we are again. It's election time, and people are running to the gun store again to buy guns to get ready for the election uh, and ammunition. And, you know, and, and finally, I think the media is picking up on it. That ammunition is hard to get. We've been, I, I knew this problem in, since January, February. They're like, oh my goodness, you know, ammunition, you know, and they're finally running stories and they're talking about ammunition. They still haven't discussed the gun issue and why a lot of guns are not out there, why you can't get, you know, particular guns or why a large number of guns are not there. That's because your manufacturers, you know, they're looking for those parts and pieces that they're getting for overseas and they can't get that stuff in. You know, you got tourists, their guns are made in Brazil. 
You know, they Brazil's been shut down for for months. You know, Brazil like shut down like six months. And so when they finally open back up, it's going to take that stuff. First of all, they got to make it and then they got to get it across the you know, the water. Then they got to get it, you know, through customs. You know, we're talking about that stuff there. We're, we won't even see that stuff the next year in reality. And that's a hard thing for people to understand. They're like in shock by this. What do you mean? Well, you know, unfortunately, you know, that's where we are today. When things shut down, we get our parts and pieces from overseas and other countries. And then once they open back up, it's going to take time for them to make this stuff. It's going to take time for it to get it to get it to the United States and take time to cross customs. It doesn't happen that easy. That's just how it is. It's just where we are today. And people just lose their mind. And it's funny to me because I get people that will, you know, get upset about the fact that they want something and they can't get it. You know, well, if you yell at me, I'm definitely not going to get anything for you because <laughs> we're talking about a gun. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> so it's funny. But that's, you know, have no fear. You know, this week we're going to start selling some ammunition. I'm going to go to the storage closet and I'm going to pull out some ammo and we're going to start selling ammo. We're going to have some 7.62 by 39. I'm going to have some 5.56, five, some 223. Uh, we're going to pull some good stuff out there for you. So come on. Yeah, we're going to pull it out, out of storage. Uh, there's a little storage place there, and we're going to start selling some ammo on Election Day. So for those people that are stressing out because they need some ammo for Election Day, so we're going to put it out there in circulation. <laughs> Give you some ammo. Um, all right, so uh, Walmart. Let's talk about Walmart. Uh, so Walmart, first, I'm confused. First they said, you know what? You know, we're going to remove the guns from the shelves. Now we're going to bring them back out. What is it? The almighty dollar is winning again. I mean, yeah, it is. I mean, um, what is it? Get woke, go broke. I mean, that's what happens. Um, and, and Walmart is a big retailer and the, especially like in, in middle America. So makes sense. Totally. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, and, and tell, tell me about your group, uh, black ATX tacticals. You guys went out to the range day. You went to the indoor range, uh, uh, this past week, you yep. got a group of people together. How many people you have with your group? Yeah, we had about 60 people, 60 come. people. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. All right. So you guys got a chance to, you know, get together, go shoot, man. How was it? Oh, it was great. Just had some people, just um, the camaraderie and things like that. And I think one of the things Black ATX Tactical tries to promote is inclusion. We're not trying to exclude anyone else, but we know as long as there's going to be uh, exclusion or that feeling of discrimination within the gun community, uh, we're here. We're going to be here, and uh, I want to promote that. And anyone willing to help, allies, you know, we have a GoFundMe. We have we want to host more events, and uh, you know, I think it's really cool. We got to. We had some black-owned businesses. We had we got to shoot some machine guns. We uh, got to shoot some binary triggers. People had different stuff. Good food, laughing, talking. We gave away uh, memberships, training, everything like that. So I think it was something we were really good. It was very kind of upscale and things like that. Everyone felt really good and just, you know, good vibes. What I particularly enjoyed was the fellowship. The fellowship. Um all of us get out there, like-minded, it was meet and greet. So we had to talk and train and find people on the same level because you have the uh, um, avid gun owners and then you have a lot of the new ladies. And we get to talk. We talk about the dress code. We talk about different things that are normally. Uh, I love Black ATX Tactical. Before I joined this group, I was in a couple of other groups, and I'm in there, and I'm like, oh, oh no, 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 I'm not trying to join the militia. Oh, <laughs> oh, I'm not trying to start a revolution, you know. So once I found Black ATX Tactical, it was a really good fit for me. Uh, the training, the community service, the outreach, I just love it. So uh, um, the inclusion, there's never dumb questions. I'm asking questions. They were so patient and nice. 
um, to me and others that it's just a good community feel. Nice. All right. Awesome. Yeah, because the, the laws are like really weird, you know, and, and strange and people get, you know, confused about that. Uh, the fact that don't forget, you cannot take a firearm in the polling <laughs> location. I cannot stress that enough. You cannot take a knife, cannot take a knife with the length of the blaze over five and one half inches in a polling location. You cannot do that. You cannot take a club in a polling location. You cannot take any weapons at all in a polling location. So if your polling location is at Walmart or HEB every other day throughout the year with your license, you can carry an HEB. But then if it's a polling location, you have to leave your gun in your vehicle. You cannot take the gun past that sign that says no campaigning past this point. If you go past that point, you walk in, you give them your license to carry handgun because you can use that as an ID, and then they notice that you have a firearm or a weapon, that is a felony two to ten years in jail. Don't drop the soap. Okay? <laughs> All right, so now, man, what's, what's up with this, uh, this OnlyFans model that defends family from burglar with a gun? What is up with that? I didn't even hear about that story. <laughs> Anybody hear about that? No, I heard about John Jones um, scaring off an intruder. And who's john jones like, and, and then, yeah <laughs> uh, yeah he came out with his rifle you know he lives in um where he's like new mexico uh-huh just came out with his rifle nice ready so so ansley pachico uh she's the only fans model what is only fans oh, zach Re- Reverend <laughs> zach what's only fans <laughs> he's like this like i know you know and your mother's listening I don't know what that is. <laughs> don't, pick, don't pick up the Bible now. <laughs> he can't save you now. <laughs> All right, so she's the OnlyFans model, and apparently, man, what happened here? So uh, this is uh, out of Miami-Dade County, Florida, and chilling incident. An OnlyFans model defended her family from a mass burglar, uh, burglars who actually stormed into her home and brandished Uzi guns at her and her family. The home security footage of Ansley Pacheco's house showed the popular Instagram model in the bedroom of her Hylia property on October the 4th when the incident happened. So two men burst through the front door and started shooting at the family model's husband, Daniel, and his friends who were in the house. The video shows 26-year-old Pacheco uh, rushing to grab her own pistol before she began shooting back at the robbers from the bedroom uh, doorway to save her family, according to a, a report there. So, man, that's pretty crazy. In the video, they had to uh, blur out her backside. Oh, so she was... I guess she was clad scantily. She was actually on OnlyFans at the time, huh? <laughs> Giving members only access. <laughs> oh, man. Crazy. Ain't nothing free. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... And then what else is going on? And so you have... Uh, God, there's one other story. Michigan in Michigan. They're talking about those polling locations. Well, we're not going to talk about that because I don't yeah. want to get people confused about that because then you'll start taking your guns <laughs> in places you're not supposed to take them. Hey, speaking of that, you guys ever talk about the alcohol at all with your group and how bars are open now? Bars I heard about street? that. Yeah, I heard about that with the root. I mean, I've read a lot for what you've, you've posted, okay. but okay. we right, haven't cool. talked about that. We'll talk right. about the law a little bit. And before we go, tell us about your group and how they can find you and support Black ATX Tactical. Yeah. Uh, myself, you can find the page just Black ATX Tactical on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. Uh, there's a GoFundMe also for that and a Cash App, whatever it may be. Um, you can find us on that. Just reach out. You can talk to the page. Talk to us on the page on Instagram. Send me a message, and uh, we're more than willing to. I mean, we want to have more events like the one we had at the range. 
was really cool. And then my friend uh, Aaron Banks of Keep Firing LLC, he's going to have an event next week for a kids' firearm safety uh, course at the, um, I think, Lawrence, Texas? Yes. Yeah, we're going out there and things like that, kids 8 to 16. Okay. Go ahead, Billy. Well, I was just going to add that I believe we still have spots available for that youth event, mm-hmm. uh, if anybody's interested. Cool. Yeah. All right, so definitely get out there and go vote. And and go vote. Election Day is this week, so let your voice be heard. Let your voice be counted. Let your vote be counted. Uh, we may not know what's going to happen on November the 3rd. We may find out a week later. So I hope you got some guns and ammunition. <laughs> if not, I do. All right, so and remember this if you don't remember anything else. A man's rights rest in three boxes. The ballot box, the jury box, and the ammo box. As always, more guns equals less crime. You go out there and you buy yourself a gun. You've been listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.